Welcome, you're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss, to just living better and with more energy, or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts, and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hey guys, welcome back. Today, it's just me, a solo episode. You are on air with Ella, and we are talking all about EMF radiation, how to reduce your exposure, and I promise you, we're not going to make this boring. I promise, promise. That is my commitment to you. Here's the deal. I just read a book called The Non-Tinfoil Guide to EMFs, and that's by Nicholas Pinole. And the reason it says the non-tinfoil guide is because, you know, anyone talking about EMF radiation from our devices, our cell phones, that sort of thing, could be accused of operating on the woo-woo side of science. And Nicholas has written the most practical book that I've read in recent history. It may be the only one I've read in recent history, so there's that. But anyway, super practical guide on reducing your exposure to EMF. And today's show is not going to be all about whether it's super dangerous or not, the radiation from your cell phone, from your tablet, from your computer, from even more things that we'll talk about today. Today is not about that debate. I will share a little bit of context with you, but today is really going to focus on just super easy tips that everybody should be doing, whether you're 100% convinced that this stuff is bad for you or not. I mean, it's easy, easy stuff. It's so easy that I think there will be so little resistance. And for those of you who are kind of on the bandwagon that I am, that all of this radiation just can't be a great thing for us. There's a lot in here for you too. But it doesn't matter where you are on this spectrum. I'm going to give you a bunch of stuff that's so easy. There's no reason not to do it. Okay, so here we go. I do not want to get into a science lesson because for most of us, that would be pretty boring. However, I do think it's useful to just get on the table what on earth we're talking about when we talk about EMFs. And EMF, by the way, it just stands for electromagnetic fields. An electromagnetic field is just a physical field produced by electrically charged objects, okay? EMFs are organized on a spectrum and they're classified according to wavelength and frequency. So you might have everything from static all the way down on one side of the spectrum up to visible light to ultraviolet light to x-rays all the way up to ionizing radiation. Okay, that's what the spectrum looks like. Now, EMFs are everywhere in nature. This is not avoidable. Light is a kind of EMF. The sun emits light in the visible spectrum. Invisible UV light comes from the sun. It helps you produce vitamin D or it gives you a sunburn. And then there's invisible infrared light. But part of the reason this whole topic is just hard to grasp is that because while a lot of animals are able to see infrared, UV, and other EMFs that are invisible to us, most EMFs are invisible. They're odorless. They're undetectable. So the only way you can even tell if there are EMFs present is by using a special meter, okay? I don't have one, and I'm probably not going to get one. (laughs) And even though EMFs are natural, there are an enormous amount, more than any other time in the history of humankind, There are more human-made EMFs than ever. And those are generated from smartphones, from Wi-Fi, from cell towers, your appliances, your electronics, and basic wiring inside your home. Like EMFs are everywhere. We've simply made more than ever. So the next question is, you know, does that matter? Are they harmful? And the truth is science is 
wildly divided on this topic. Some people say unquestionably yes, man-made EMFs at the exposure rates that we now have are quite detrimental. And other people say, no, it's voodoo and there's no proof. Here's what we do know. We know that we are exposed to a lot of EMF radiation from man-made sources, right? At levels that some say are approximately 10 billion, 10 billion times higher than they were in the 1960s. And these EMF radiation levels will likely be thousands, if not millions of times higher in just a few decades because of the rate at which we are proceeding. So it will be great if science comes out and says EMS cause no damage at all. But my theory is until we know, and because there's mounting evidence that they do, but until we know for sure, why not take a few precautions, right? Like that's not crazy. One thing that I do know and that I'm not sure is widely understood is that yes, our phones and other electronics have safety standards, but the safety standards were set in 1996, okay? That doesn't sound like that long ago, but please think about that in terms of technology, right? Your iPhone did not exist. It's over 20 years ago, okay? At that time, the FCC determined the upper limits that were safe for human health. And they said at the time, if you don't exceed these limits, then everything's fine. At that time, 16% of U.S. citizens had cell phones. 16% of U.S. citizens had cell phones, okay? Now there are the figures range between 80 and 90% of U.S. citizens have cell phones. This is obviously a global issue. That was just the only stat that I had, all right? By the way, when these safety standards were set, no one had ever been exposed to an iPad, to a cell tower, or to smart meters, the kind that are being put on people's homes now, okay? It was a different day, to say the least. Now, what happens is the manufacturers of cell phones, let's talk about cell phones, they have to build to SAR ratings, to SAR limitations. So they are only allowed to build to a safe amount of radiation that comes off of your cell phone, and that is called SAR, all right? The standards for what the upper limits were, were created in a lab that used a 220-pound man, okay, six foot two, 220-pound man as its model. And by the way, that size person can tolerate a great deal more radiation than, say, a 10-year-old. They had the phone in the labs. The phone are always five millimeters away from the head. So the phone is never pressed up against the ear, for example. And the phone was used. Are you ready for this? When they establish these ratings and whether or not their phones meet them in the lab, the phones are only used for six minutes a day maximum. And then they are declared safe. So they're safe for a 220 pound, six foot two man who never presses the phone up against his head directly and who only uses his phone for six minutes a day maximum. <laughs> so do you feel safer already? And we don't even know if the manufacturers are manufacturing to this spec, even though the spec I think is pretty much irrelevant for 90% of the population. CBS News did an investigative sort of an expose. And what they found was that we get exposed to radiation levels up to four times higher than that phone's SAR rating. And by the way, just, you, just to pick on iPhone, because it's the only model that I really know, every model that iPhone releases, the SAR is higher and higher and higher and higher. So I won't get an iPhone 10 
because the radiation levels, the radiation that that emits are so much greater than the model that I am currently using. Now this gets frustrating because then you're like, you know what, I would like to live in the 21st century and I don't know how to do that while also taking care of myself. And frankly, that's the dilemma that I find myself in. Like I live in the 21st century, I'm going to have a cell phone, I'm going to have a laptop. So how do I live in this current environment in a way that's realistic and yet not exposing me to excess amounts of anything if I can control it at all. And the truth is the way I look at this is the way I look at my food intake. I am not at all obsessive about my quality of food or whether, you know, my eggs are free range by happy chickens who went to private school and were raised in a happy household. Like I don't obsess about my food when I eat outside of my house because that's no way for me to live. Now, I'm not reckless but I just don't have the same standards that I do when I'm in my own home, which is where I'm eating 70% of the time. And so when I'm in my own home, I'm a little bit more protective, more stringent. I have higher quality standards because that is the element that I can control. So I take that attitude, rightly or wrongly, you don't have to agree with it. I take that attitude into things like this. I think I'm going to be exposed to things all over the place. If you stay in a hotel, you're basically just in a hot box of radiation. Airplanes are the same way. And I'm not going to obsess about that. But can I make some easy changes in my regular day-to-day life that will overall help me and keep me from draining my battery faster? And I think the answer is yes. Okay, I'm going to jump into some tips, but if you want more information on the actual data or on the science, I want you to check out the show notes where I'll post some more. I mean, there's a video on YouTube of a cell phone that's surrounded by ants, and when they activate the cell phone, the ants make a wide berth and do circles around the cell phone, and they stay away from the immediate radiation that the cell phone's given off. It's actually sort of fascinating, and I'll share other data and study and studies in the show notes for those of you who'd like a little bit more information here, okay? But I promised that today we would focus on tips and that's exactly what I'm going to do. Okay, so here are 10 easy ways to reduce your EMF exposure. The first thing that you need to know is that distance is your friend. Now I did a show with an actual scientist, episode 067. So it was more than a hundred episodes ago. I will post that in the show notes so that you can easily link to that, but it's 067. Okay. And after that episode, so many of you wrote to me to tell me that you no longer press your cell phone right up against your head and you don't stick it in your jog bra when you go running and that you essentially are creating some distance because keeping your phone and your tablet and your computer, etc., more than one foot away from your body, the radiation levels plummet. Okay. Now you can't always talk on your cell phone with it a foot away from you, right? We're going to talk about that, but just think about it. I mean, are you sitting at a desk right now or do you because you don't need every single one of your devices within two inches of your body like when I sit down now I actually put my phone a foot or two away from me if I sit down at a table I place it over on the counter like it's actually not an appendage and sometimes I forget that (laughs) okay so let's talk about having them in use though Use speakerphone when you can. Earbuds are okay, but let's talk about good, better, and best, okay? Best, if you're using a mobile phone, is to use speakerphone when you can. Now, if you're flying on an airplane, please don't put it in speakerphone. I don't want to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that. But in general, when you're in appropriate circumstances, use your speakerphone and don't hold the phone right up 
to your face. With speakerphone or with wired earbuds, you can set your phone on the table, like I said, instead of holding it for your entire conversation. I mean, I talk at my desk on a cell phone all the time, which is bizarre because yes, I have a landline. It's like an antique. It's a relic. And now though, when I am on my cell phone for whatever reason, usually for the mobility factor, I still set the phone away if I'm connected even with earbuds. Okay. Now I'll link in the show notes to the earbuds that we use here. They're an air tube headset. So they're not conducting electricity from my ears and my brain to my cell phone. So those are air tube headsets and they're available on Amazon and they're not terribly expensive. And I'll link to that. Okay. Now don't carry your device on your body. Every time I see somebody with their cell phone in their pocket, it just makes me crazy. And I want to go up and tell them, please, please, please take it out of your pocket. Please get that out of your kid's pocket. Please don't let your baby hold that phone in its hand unless it's on airplane mode. Basically, when you carry your device on your body, in your pocket, in your bra, on your belt, if it's not in airplane mode, you are just sending radiation directly into that spot. It is much worse for children's developing brains and bodies than it is for adults. We'll talk about children specifically later, but children's bodies, I'll just tell you now, because they contain way more water than those of adults, their heads can absorb up to two times more radiation from the same exposure compared to adults. And their bone marrow absorbs up to 10 times more than an adult. So if you want to still debate whether it's healthy or not healthy, that is okay. But maybe let's err on the side of caution. Let's not press our cell phones up against our bodies. Don't let your kid talk endlessly on the cell phone with it, with it pressed up against his head. If you don't have earbuds handy and you can't use speakerphone and we find ourselves in that situation, we just pull the phone away, literally like an inch and a half to two inches. The radiation drops with every millimeter that you move the phone away. So you can have a perfectly good conversation with your phone an inch away from your head. In fact, if you read the cell phone manual, it tells you not to press it up against your head or up against a pregnant belly. Okay, you probably get the idea and I'm getting a little fired up. Tip number two, disable 4G. I did not know I could do this, but if you change your settings to 3G, except when you're streaming video or downloading something huge, you reduce your radiation by as much as 84% according to one study. So I actually tried to go into settings on my cell phone. Somebody else was able to do this and I wasn't. So I'm going to call my provider and have them switch it from 4G to 3G. And I'm sure they can educate me as to how to switch it back if I have to download something huge. Although I'm not in the business of downloading something huge to my phone, that certainly may be the case for tablets. All right, disabling 4G can significantly reduce EMF radiation. All right, here's an easy, easy tip. Avoid using your device when reception is bad. When you have a poor signal, your device emits much more. Many, many more EMFs are produced as it fights for a signal. So if it has one bar or two bars, put that down and wait till the signal comes back up. That is easy. Somewhat related is my next tip. Put your device in airplane mode in moving vehicles. So part of the reason, let's just talk about the signal again for just a moment, is when you are traveling in a car, and maybe you're even in a car with a couple of other people, so there are multiple devices floating around, when those devices are searching for signals as you transition from signal to signal to signal, the EMFs are being produced 
with far greater frequency and strength than they would be if you were stationary. Okay. So you already know that you don't want to text and drive, right? <laughs> but there are other benefits to having airplane mode in the car, in a train, on the subway, and in an airplane. The amount of EMFs you're exposed to inside these vehicles is much, much higher than when you're not confined to a metal box. Okay. And like I said, it's increased even more when your phone needs to switch from tower to tower. So download your favorite podcast. Go ahead and type your location into maps. Did you know it will still work if you set it up first? And then make the switch to airplane mode. The phone calls can wait. And by the way, does everyone in the car need every tablet and every phone on at all times? When we go on road trips now, we elect one phone to stay on because we feel like we need one phone on. And we elect, we pick the one phone that's going to stay on and be the phone call phone. And, and then everyone else enjoys their devices in airplane mode. Okay, so let's look beyond cell phones for a moment. Make sure your laptop computer is grounded. Now, this was complete news to me. I already knew not to put my laptop in my lap right? I already knew to put that on a table or even on one of those lap protectors, but you don't put an iPad on your lap, on your groin, on your pregnant belly. These are no-nos. But if your plug has a three-prong connection, it is grounded. If it's a two-prong connection, your computer is a major source of electric fields and you're not doing yourself any good. So you can actually get a USB ground cord, which I'll link to, and it fixes the problem for you. Any way you flip it though, keep your feet and your legs away from all of your chargers and your wiring so you're not exposed unnecessarily to radiation for no reason. It drains your energy, it drains your battery, it drains your life force. In general, when you're sitting at your desk or whatnot, then keep your cords and your chargers away from your legs. Easy. Okay, I don't know what tip we're on in our 10 tips, but the next one is about Bluetooth. Now, Bluetooth immerses you in much lower EMF than, say, pressing your phone against your head, right? But because they're worn so close to the body, you know, like virtually in the body with the Bluetooth headphones and also for some Bluetooth wearables, they're worn for many, many hours a day, right? Like a fitness tracker or a smartwatch, that type of thing. The things to do here are to turn off Bluetooth on your computer, turn off Bluetooth on your phone and turn off Bluetooth on your tablet when they're not in use. That's one very, very simple fix. I leave Bluetooth off on everything because I don't use it very much. And my husband leaves it on permanently. And we have a relative who's involved in security. And, and he said, you know, when you leave Bluetooth on, it makes your device incredibly hackable. So in his profession, they're not allowed to have Bluetooth on almost ever. It is very, very hackable. Now that is just not a cross I'm going to carry. Like I don't worry about that, but I'm trying to sell my husband on the idea of shutting the Bluetooth off whenever possible. It's a challenge. We're not there yet, but the less Bluetooth, the better as a general rule. And you don't need all of your devices around you emitting Bluetooth all the time. Okay. Use it or turn it off. Now, here's one that I will link to a couple of studies about if you want more information, because this one can sound a little out there, and I want to acknowledge that, but a lot of people say, don't wear metal if you don't need to. Don't be an antenna for this stuff. So according to some of the scientists, wearing metal on your body draws electricity almost like an antenna. So I'm not going to freak out over this one, but I am going to avoid underwire bra as much as possible. You know, um, avoid metal in your mouth for so many reasons. <laughs> opt out of tattoos altogether, or if you get a tattoo, get metal-free 
ink. Do your research. There is no need to literally embed metal into your skin and bloodstream. Okay, so metal-free ink tattoos, plastic or wood frame eyeglasses, no underwire bras because breast cancer experts are suggesting that that's not great for you anyway, and then avoiding metal in your mouth. And amalgams, dental amalgams, they leach more mercury when they're exposed to Wi-Fi and cell phones. So that's a big fat no thank you. Mercury in your mouth is no bueno anyway. We've talked about that ad nauseum in early shows. In general, it is to be avoided, but this is just one more reason. Okay, three more for you. So let's say this is tip number eight. (laughs) How's that math? Turn off your Wi-Fi at night. Unplug or power down your Wi-Fi router at night, and then you're sparing yourself many, many, many hours of exposure during the period at which your body is doing the most healing. So if you live in an apartment, if you live in a house where your router is anywhere near you, this is strongly recommended. Mine is two floors down and I'm going to put it on a timer. Literally, we're buying the timer this weekend and putting the Wi-Fi router on a timer so that it shuts off at night. We just don't need it. And in fact, we had our house alarm set up where if the Wi-Fi was down, it would use the phone line. I believe in landlines very much still because using your landline is just so much lower EMF radiation for you. So we've got a landline. We're going to start turning off our router at night and stop sort of nuking ourselves in our sleep. (laughs) The ninth tip that I have for you is to scrap the sneaky sources. What does that mean? There are so many modern conveniences now that just expose us to so much more EMF radiation than ever, ever before. Like we have a Nest thermostat in our house and I'm only just putting two and two together, understanding that's running off Wi-Fi. So I've got all this Wi-Fi coming out of my upstairs and my downstairs because I've got these fancy Nest thermostats. Same thing is true for all of the smart appliances that we have in our homes, but here are the ones I want to focus on. So smart appliances, I mentioned, those are a constant source of emissions because they all connect to Wi-Fi and Bluetooth typically, all right? But here are some others that you might find even easier. Unplug the Xbox, whatever gaming system you have, it's got Wi-Fi, okay? So almost all of them have a Wi-Fi connection. If you're not using it, don't just turn it off, which a lot of us don't even do that, but don't just turn it off, unplug it, problem solved. If you need it, plug it back in. Cordless phones. I touched on this. Landlines are still a good idea when you can use them over cell phones. Get the old-fashioned kind, wires and all, because cordless phones are just as bad and sometimes worse than cell phones with the strength of the signal that they are emitting. So a good old-fashioned landline that plugs in. The last sneaky source that I wanted to mention to you is baby monitors. You know, we have all this technology now that can connect us to our children And oftentimes, though, it's just excessive, excessive amounts of radiation that is so unnecessary. How many of us could be watched on video when we were 10 feet away from our parents for our first five years? Like my parents somehow lived being two rooms down without being able to see me on a screen, right? I would submit to you that maybe we should go back to the olden days and not necessarily put these sources of Wi-Fi and Bluetooth in our baby's rooms. And I'm about to talk more about kids, so I'll leave that one there. Okay, I have one more tip for you, and it's kind of a fat one, and it comes back to the kids. And that is protect your kids. It is an established fact that children's bodies absorb more radiation than adults. 
I've already shared with you that their heads can absorb up to two times more radiation from the exact same exposure that you're getting, and their bone marrow can absorb up to 10 times more. I'll link to the sources in the show notes in case you think I'm just making this up or, you know, I read it on a blog somewhere. There are so many things that you can do. Again, we're growing up our kids in the 21st century. Fine. But can we reduce their exposure? absolutely. In some cases, their exposure is almost egregious and we have so much more control than we even realize. Here are a few examples. You can protect babies in utero with a belly band or a belly blanket or any of these devices that protect your baby in utero from EMF radiation, okay? Once you have the baby out into the world, ditch those baby monitors or specifically research a low EMF version. I'm still going to go with no, but if you are dead set on having one, please look into a low EMF version. They constantly emit microwave radiation while switched on, both the base and the parent handset, and they have fine print warnings that the device should be a certain distance from any body. They tell you that they should be a distance from any body, the baby body or the parent body, and they expose your developing baby's brain, which is far more vulnerable to EMFs than yours. No manufacturer is putting a warning in their materials unless they have to do so, okay? They they don't do that because it's in our best interest, right? They do it because they have to. It's food for thought. Keep your devices in airplane mode only when your kid has your phone or your tablet or something of that nature. Now, I got lucky because I was able to bring my son up in a time before this was prolific and it was just when smartphones were becoming a thing and no baby, no toddler and no kid had one, right? So I sort of missed this. But obviously we see now so many people are, you know, they're entertaining their kid or distracting their kid or trying to have a nice dinner. So they give their phone to their kid. I mean, no judgment here. Okay. I know, you know, it's not ideal. And I also know that none of us are ideal. So there's that. That's not my point. My point is if you're going to let them play with your device, please put it in airplane mode. So they're not sitting there holding, handling and exposing themselves to all of this radiation, okay? If your child has devices in their rooms at night at any age, make sure they're in airplane mode while they're sleeping. Now, how many of you have adolescent or teen kids who have a cell phone, which is actually a direct line to any information that they want at any time, 24 hours a day? So that's a different way to think about it. (laughs) But how many of you have children who have Wi-Fi and Bluetooth devices in their bedrooms at night. Now, many of you have told me that you have rules where they check their devices at the door, right? And they all go in the guest room or they all go in the kitchen or whatever at night. But I don't even do that. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I have a teenage son. And while he is allowed to have his phone in his room at night, it is powered down. My phone's not even powered down. My phone's in airplane mode, you know, five feet away from me because I still use it as an alarm, but I never sleep with it on. And my son is not allowed to sleep with it even in airplane mode. He has to power it all the way down. And yes, I do random checks, not on purpose, but you know, I get up in the middle of the night and I check on him sometimes and his phone is always far away on the dresser, not anywhere near him and powered down. That doesn't make me parent of the year. It means that I'm trying to establish rituals for him where at night the phone is not even an option. Like it's not something he even thinks about. He powers it all the way down, charges it up and uses a clock for an alarm. So he's better at this than I am. Don't let your kids have their devices on. Don't let them have their devices near their heads. And if they are in fact in the room and the power is technically not turned off, It should absolutely be in airplane mode. And by the way, 
shouldn't it be anyway? Like, don't we all sleep a lot better if we don't have things pinging and dinging and radiating all night, right? It's not too late to start any of these healthy habits. Finally, if you have the choice, don't locate your Wi-Fi router near your kids' rooms. If you have a choice, and not all of us do, where you have control, use it. And if you are quite close to your Wi-Fi router or your children are, then definitely power it down at night if you're able to do that. Now, I promised to make this not boring and to make it really, really, really easy. And I hope I did that. Before I let you go, I just want to share with you how other countries are handling this information and handling these safety precautions around the world. Because I think this is really, really telling, all right? Because the science is divided, and because we don't know for sure, for sure, for sure, that all of this EMF exposure is definitely detrimental, you know, it makes it very easy to sort of gloss over it. Well, the last thing I want to share with you are just some of the warnings that exist in other countries. And maybe I'm speaking to someone today who's quite familiar with this in your own country. I'll give you a couple of examples. In Belgium, you have to have warnings on cell phones that talk about moderate cell phone use and using earpieces when using your cell phone and choosing a set with a lower SAR value. Okay, so there are warning labels. In France, they have warning labels where they require the SAR to be displayed on the label of every single cell phone, all right, for whatever that's worth, because a lot of people don't even know what that means. In the USA, the city of Berkeley, California, they have warnings on their cell phones as well that say they might cause cancer, keep away from children and pregnant women. Let's talk about cell phone antennas as we're setting up these networks all over the world, right? And you can't drive 10 feet without seeing a cell phone tower. Well, in Canada, cell phone antennas aren't allowed to be installed within 1,000 feet from a school property or child care facilities. In Chile, they limit the power of antennas. They can't be installed near sensitive areas where children, elderly, and medically compromised people would be exposed. In Greece, cell phone antennas can't be installed around schools or nurseries. New Zealand, they can't be installed around schools. In Argentina, mandatory public consultation has to happen before they install antennas. And the list goes on. In India, cell phone towers are being dismantled by the thousands and being removed from the vicinity of schools and colleges and hospitals and playgrounds because of, quote, hazards to life, unquote. So there are all these other regulations in other countries about Wi-Fi in schools. In Cyprus, Wi-Fi is banned from kindergartens and in elementary schools. Spain wants to ban Wi-Fi from schools. That's in progress right now. Finland, one primary school installed off switches for Wi-Fi routers, only turning the devices on when needed, and they're banned from certain preschools and daycare centers. I just thought this was really interesting. The list goes on. Israel, France, Italy, Taiwan. The list goes on and on where regulatory bodies in other countries are saying, you know what? until we know, will be precautionary. And that is all that I would urge for you. At a minimum, pick two of these tips and try them on for size, okay? I want you to be safe and healthy for all time. And I want our kids to be protected from things that we maybe didn't even realize were harmful. So just food for thought. I hope this is useful. Please share your thoughts with me. You can reach me at Ella at onairwithella.com. See you later. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com, where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.